In this episode, we are going to talk about if the coronavirus is causing type 1 diabetes. Thank you for joining me. My name is Margaret Franklitt, and I just wanted to um, report this article that I was actually reading. And of course, if you actually want a copy of the article, just go to Diabetes Aware. I went ahead and published it there. But um, there have been several people that have been going to the hospital, Perfect Health, uh, except for the fact that they did contract COVID-19, and they're coming out of the hospital with type 1 diabetes. Now, type 1 diabetes is uh, a little bit different than type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes, you're insulin dependent. Your pancreas is no longer working. So, um, the reason why I'm reporting on this story is because it's kind of a huge deal nobody's talking about. I haven't heard it up until... I just did a a weird Google search just looking for topics to talk about. But uh, case in point, uh, there's this guy, his name was Mario Mario Buelna, 28-year-old guy, and never tested for diabetes before, but he had coronavirus. So he went to the hospital, and for whatever reason, the COVID-19 triggered something that caused his or caused him to have type type 1 diabetes or be diagnosed with that. And of course, that's absolutely devastating. And with a type 2 diabetic, you have a partial functioning of your pancreas. But a type 1, they're now insulin dependent for the rest of their lives. So that's one of the reasons why I thought this was a big deal, especially the fact that he was diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic at the age of 28. And uh, so that's, that's really sad. That's not even really giving him a shot, at least in type 2. You have a little bit of a shot you can control it with. Uh, things like metformin just by taking oral pills. Or, uh, of course, even some people control it with their diet. So um, that's just absolutely devastating that he would actually get that type of a diagnosis at only 28 years of age. There was another child, actually... And this child was 12 years old. His name is, and I apologize for if I butcher this, but it's Atticus Simmis. And um, his father actually noticed that he was kind of thin. Uh, besides that, didn't really have any symptoms, but that's the reason why his father took him into the hospital. He was kind of concerned about him, maybe get him tested and see what was going on. Now, in this case, they don't know if he had coronavirus because uh, he tested negative, but they never tested for the antibodies for coronavirus. So, uh, but poor Atticus, he actually tested type 1. He actually um, was really high on his ketones, which means his sugar was definitely out of control. And, uh, of course, he was a type 1 diabetic as well. Just imagine going into the hospital and then you find out that not only, well, you don't have coronavirus, but surprise, you have diabetes and you have it for the rest of your life, type 1. So um, that's another reason for, the reason why I do this is because if you're type 2, you know, please, and don't get me wrong here, but especially if there's any type 1s listening, but if you're type 2, 
you are fortunate because you have a lot of tools at your disposal to where you can actually get this under control. It's hard, mind you, but you still have the tools to hopefully get it under control. When you're type 1, you are on insulin. I, you know, I don't even know how to even conquer that. I, I would hope that somebody out there, they just take charge and take charge of their diabetes and want to change the world and do the same exact thing that I'm doing with type 2 and they just attack it. Um, but a little hint out there if you're going to do that, definitely check out Dr. Bernstein. He was a type 1 diabetic. He's actually the one that came up with you know, the whole keto diet idea. He was the one that tested his blood sugars and stuff. And if that guy can go from being insulin dependent to now going on a diet, he's, he's definitely the one that you want to research. So hopefully um, that will cover some ground for you of some much needed footwork and you know just take it right to the source but actually that's what I'm intending to do here as well is one of the reasons why I do have for instance a podcast and I do have the pages diabetes aware and diabetes and exercise on my Facebook page is to provide you with information so that if you are doing your own groundbreaking work, and I hope that you do share because I really groove off of that, that uh, we can collaborate uh, the diabetes collaboration. <laughs> okay, collaborate diabetes information um, into uh, kind of like a superpower, so to speak. Because, well, one, I think that like after after I learned a little bit about Dr. Bernstein from Dennis Pollock, I realized that that yeah, type one diabetic be sorry, type one diabetics should say they have an awful lot of hope too. It's just that I have to work hard. I could not imagine how hard a type one actually has to work to actually control their blood sugars. Hands down. You guys got it the worst. Um, eventually, for instance, because of my type 2, I may end up having to inject, you know, when I'm a little bit older. Um, I feel blessed at my age that I'm not injecting. I'm a little bit surprised as well because in my family they started in like their mid-30s and I'm like into my 40s. I'm not yet, but um, hopefully I don't get there. So, see, the thing is, is it's really, really hard to actually control your blood sugars and get them down in the normal range. But very, 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 very easy to actually undo all the hard work that you've done and screw up everything. So you could have been like a 6.1 A1C at one time, which I was. <laughs> I like to brag about that back in 2015. And then give it a couple years and like maybe a surgery or two because uh, you broke your arm. And the next thing you know, you're like at 12, 13, which I was. It was like stupendously high. Brought it back down to like around 8. And hopefully it'll drop even further because I'm on more meds right now to bring it down further. Because my doctor does not like to see my number even at an 8, even though she knows that it was like a 12, 13 before. She doesn't like to see those numbers at all. So like if I'm like 4, 5, 6, then she's happy. But... Anything in the diabetes range, she's not happy with. She's going to, like, want me to take medication. So I've just accepted that, you know. Okay, so this wasn't about me. This was about um, these people who are coming down with it. 
Okay, so this seems to be a trend, and this is something that they're actually tracking. They're not going to have accurate data until next year to see if this is really uh, a severe threat. But if this is the case, now we're talking before the before COVID-19, uh, there were people predicting that about half of the country is either pre-diabetic or diabetic. The COVID-19 makes it far worse because that that number, that 50% is, is going to be a conservative number. That means that even more of the population is going to find out that they have some, um, you know, they, they have some glucose issues, insulin issues. So, or glucose issues, sorry. Okay. So, with that being said, I mean, you know, as Americans, we're doing everything that we can. We're wearing masks when we can. We're taking medication when we can but we're not wearing the N95 masks, people. So, you know, we're wearing pieces of paper and pieces of cloth and pretending like everything's okay, okie dokie. We're here walking around in grocery stores. We're here going to restaurants, taking off our masks. We're eating. We're going all kinds of places where there's a whole bunch of people. And we may be putting ourselves more at risk than we could have ever imagined. So if you think about it, somebody who does not have uh, the the virus in them right now, the coronavirus, uh, let's say they don't have the antibodies and they don't have coronavirus, well, you know, obviously they're not going to be at risk for diabetes either. But like, let's say this this is true and this is a long-term trend, you could like one day, if you're lucky enough to end up in the hospital, some people might just drop dead, but some people are going to go to the hospital thinking, you know, for a cough and sneeze, thinking that it's just the coronavirus, and they're going to get over it within two weeks, feel like they just about died. Then they're going to find out that they tested their blood sugar, and now they're diabetic. So this is horrible news. This is not something that I would want anybody to go through. Diabetes is horrible. I mean, let's just admit it. It's horrible. Now, mind you, I, I have this coping mechanism because I've had 10 years to actually get used to the idea of actually being a diabetic. You know, in the past two years, one and a half years, something like that, I've had to deal with the fact that I am a diabetic. But man, I fought it tooth and nail for like eight years. I fought it tooth and nail. I didn't want it. I didn't want anything near it. My pancreas is still working. I'm trying to like perfect my diet to where I'm not eating anything sugary and stuff. And I was doing okay. Um, Sometimes life kind of trips you up, though, and you forget. That's one of the big um, problems with diabetes is sometimes you just forget you're diabetic and, you know, you really want something sweet. But, okay, so that's another story for another day. Um, Going back to uh, the topic, because I don't want to stray too far away. So, uh, worst case scenario... If we all become, like, what if the whole population becomes diabetics? I mean, insulin's going to be your go-to drug. And that's just sad. Insulin, metformin, stuff like that. I mean, there's stuff out there that will help you a little bit to control it. But I'm going to tell you what, you don't want to get diabetes. Diabetes is a horrible, horrible disease that you're going to find out that even your best well intentions of eating correctly are probably not correct. And you're going to find out exactly how difficult it really is. 
So this whole herd immunity thing, please don't do it. You don't want to end up, risk your health becoming a diabetic. I mean, if it's true, we're going to find out next year the impact that coronavirus has had on us, on our country. And you certainly don't want to go around spreading that around. Um, as far as masks, I'm not going to even give any advice because it's not like in 95 masks are, are, rel- are available to everyone, which is what technically we all need to be wearing are the N95 masks. We also need to wear the goggles like Dr. Falke suggested. And Dr. Falke also said that we're going to be going through this pandemic till 2021. So we just might as well get used to it. Okay. So I think the people that are best adjusted for this, um, well, I don't know. I don't know who's well adjusted for this. I don't know what group out there is well adjusted for this pandemic. Honestly, I, I don't think anybody really likes it except for the people who don't have to be around other people. So they just kind of laugh it off. Oh yeah, you need this and that. Ha 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 ha. Okay, great. Um, wow. So if you know any groups that wear goggles and N95 masks, give them the thumbs up because they're the only people that are going to probably, you know, hopefully make it through this pandemic. So the rest of us are just, you know, pretending that we're protecting ourselves with paper or cloth or whatever. Oh, and I just wanted to mention now um, on another channel, um, a YouTuber, real big macho guy, went in to go vote. And uh, he doesn't—he doesn't do masks. He's had coronavirus, and so he's—he's he's not gonna do the mask. He's—he's he's Mr. Macho guy, you know. And you know he's got like 20 children, so you know, Mr. Macho. Okay, whatever. But he was actually confronted by this really skinny, wimpy kid that he had to, to put on a mask, otherwise he couldn't vote. Oh, horrible! That's just horrible. So um, he just kind of looked at the guy, looked at him kind of weird said something funny and the guy got a little bit louder and so enough cause the scene he decided to put his mask on right and then come to find out he went to the front where he actually had to register to vote and it actually said on the sign that masks are encouraged but not required so anyways if you're dealing with a mask troll it's gonna happen I've already dealt with him too at St. Vincent de Paul it happens. It hopefully doesn't reflect, you know, like the voting polls or, you know, your thrift stores or <laughs> grocery stores or whatnot. Um, they're under the delusion that the piece of paper that they put in front of your face or the piece of cloth is going to save them from coronavirus. It's not. Okay, just let them be their goofy dumb selves. Do what you have to during the day. Don't. <laughs> this is my advice to you, by the way. Don't rile them up. Just do what you gotta do and, and just forget about them because they're not gonna last long there anyways because eventually they're gonna make somebody, the wrong person mad and, you know, then things happen. So, boom. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, that was the big thing that I just wanted to report. I mean, that's in addition to um, what's going on right now with the whole diabetes thing. So, I would have to say, God forbid, that any of us would want to see our friends and family suffer 
with the same diabetes disease that we've been diagnosed with. I, I mean, I don't want to see that happen. I There's people that <laughs> love their sugar. I mean, there's no way. I'm here thinking, if they ever became diabetic, there's no way they're going to make it. They think they need like 300 grams of sugar or something. You know, the skin's around. They can eat as much sugar as they want. It doesn't seem to affect them. Um, obviously, if you get coronavirus, I mean, you're you're taking a real risk on your health. Now, I have heard things about it damaging your heart, too, the coronavirus. And like, like I said, you know, they don't know much about coronavirus. So um, I would just say that if you can be safe and be happy, be secure, we just got to get through another year of this. Well, year and a couple months. But just do the best you can. And hopefully you don't get it. And if you have, I hope that it just passes right through you and doesn't doesn't affect you as bad. But um, that's it. I just wanted to report on that. So anyways, thank you for listening to me again. This is Margaret Copeman Frankowitz. And I'm coming to you today on October 19th, 2020. And be kind to each other. Bye-bye. Thank you.